Hello, Gaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsor. The IGMNX podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. The Pragmatic Solutions player account management platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. And now here is today's podcast. Future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lindt. Um, welcome to the iGaming Next podcast today with uh, Simon Lutzian, the co-founder and the CEO of Fast Track. How's it going, Simon? It's great. Thank you. Thank you for taking me. It's really cool. Yes. It's an, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, actually. I mean, uh, today, Simon, we are kind of going full circle uh, in, in a way, because I remember uh, it's like about eight and a half years ago or something like that, um, a young Simon Lidzian uh, stepping into the Betson office with a sharp leather briefcase uh, into, uh, into, into the poker team of, of Betson. And we were actually colleagues back in the day. Yeah, um, exactly. Good memories. Yeah, good memory. So today, eight and a half years later, we're going going full circle. It's really and, cool. Yeah, and uh, today actually we have an uh, an extra fun little feature uh, in in this podcast. And uh, for those who are listening, who can unfortunately not see this, but uh, on the on the video screen here now, we have a third window, uh, and we're actually going to make an attempt to play some games today. Play some slot games, actually, okay. me and Simon, and it's for for charity even. Uh, so we have basically. I think we have something like 144 euro and 20 cents because <laughs> we had to do a little bit of testing before. But with this money, uh, we're going to have a slot machine that is spinning in the background uh, on a pretty small stake, basically. And towards the end of the podcast, whatever is left of this money, uh, we're going to donate to a charity of Simon's choice. So Simon, do you want to talk a little bit just, uh, first? What's the charity that you have chosen and what this is about? Um, I'm, I'm supporting something. It's actually an employee of ours uh, who, whose wife is involved in something called Women for Women Malta. Uh, it's an in international international kind of uh, organization, but they have a uh, they have something an initiative going on here in Malta, and it's kind of helping uh, women who, who are like having tough times and, and especially now during the COVID. Thought that was a really nice thing. So if maybe they have you know, need education or help with grocery shopping or, you know, the single moms or something like that. So it's, uh, so it's a really cool uh, little charity. Awesome. Hmm? Yeah, it's a super fun little addition today. Let's, let's try and see how it uh, works here. So, <laughs> so uh, let's start it straight away here, basically. And, and again, for those who are listening, I'm gonna, we're gonna follow up on this during the podcast to see how we go, how it's going, where we are with the money. And if we come into a bonus round, we'll, We'll uh, we'll uh, maybe get some excitement out of it as well. So, Martin, our technical person who is sitting here, uh, do you want to start the auto spin feature, please? And uh, it we... so many memories, like sitting here and playing slots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is way, this is the way to enjoy casino, by the way, right? It's like the social aspect. That like I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I would rarely play by myself, but I I love you know kind of if you're having like a Friday spins or something like that going on and this is like kind of similar in it like yeah exactly it's like back in the day when uh, i mean i mean let's start just by reminiscing a little bit because i i remember back in the Betson days mm -hmm. i mean um we had some <laughs> really fun uh, days during those uh, during those times when we were betting on on everything <laughs> uh, we had a bit of a bit of a crazy team at that time like yeah do you have like a favorite memory of uh, like a betting memory from those days, from the best on days. I, I don't know. I, I think like the the ongoing Chinese poker that we had going on the team was quite uh, quite special. I think no, but it was it, in in all honesty, it was a bit out of order. I think like, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, uh, yeah, it was like a cool. Uh, it was a thing we had going on between us, didn't it? Like so. Yeah, yeah. I must say, from my end, I, I just remember just uh, the uh, telef uh, telef like marathon, but he was gonna run the marathon. 
one of our colleagues in under four hours and he was not a runner uh, and uh, the amount of bets that were going on like uh, internally in the teams uh, around if he was going to make it or not that was just like the whole company <laughs> gathered around this uh, around this challenge i i love that and then we had like emil our colleague he was he had a bet how much candy he could eat in 24 hours i mean yeah like you're yeah, saying a lot of stuff going on at the time we we yeah. We have grown up since then, I think. Mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a few years ago, eh? <laughs> yeah, 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 a long time ago. Okay, so we are spinning here. The the uh, the uh, the slot of choice is uh, Gonzo's quest again to uh, kind of uh, uh, to pay homage to uh, these uh, days back in the days when it was uh, when this slot machine had uh, uh, had its uh, its peak, basically. Uh, Gonzo's quest. We know it inside out, so it's impossible for us not to do well on this uh, today. No, no, exactly. That's what I was feeling as well when we uh, when we take <laughs> the choice. It's just like. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty much like there is a couple of games where you have like this like weird relationship to from the past, and Gonzo is definitely one of them. Yes, yes, it has a special place in our hearts. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so anyway, Simon, um, uh, like I mentioned before, it's uh, it's really really nice to uh, to have you here uh, in in general. Um, since those bet Sundays, mm -hmm. uh, you were, you obviously progressed from the poker team. You were head of mobile um, in in the company, and then in 2016, you and um, Two of your uh, colleagues, I believe, you you founded Fast Track basically mm -hmm. uh, to start this like digital transformation in gaming, as you call it. And um, when you hear this like digital transformation in gaming, mm -hmm. uh, you know digitization is something that you hear you hear a lot about during the COVID times. But traditionally, you mean more like you know you move like your uh, your retail store, like if you sell clothes, you sell it online, for example. If you have a restaurant, you know, sell it uh, mm -hmm. uh, online, basically. But in, um, so then the question is, like, what do you mean? As, as, because iGaming is already a digital industry. So what do you mean when you say that you, uh, that you, are, that you want to inspire this digital transformation in gaming? I, so I, th I think, like, you need to step into how you're operating the business behind what you see which is like the digital product that you're selling or the entertainment that you're selling. And um, I mean, you can go in different stages. I mean, we founded Fast Track. It was not necessarily doing exactly what we're doing now because we pivoted the business in 2018 and started focusing solely on what we're doing now, which is this platform for player engagement. But there has been a gap in the market for uh, these kind of making operational processes more streamlined. And by doing that, you can do a lot more um, as an organization with a tighter team. And this is something that is like very relevant at this time, especially since there's been so much regulation and the big actors in the market, they've really been feeling the pain of that your profit margins has been shrinking because you're paying more taxes. And did we just get the bonus, by the way? That is like sick. Finish your point first, so then we, then we can continue. Yeah, exactly. Um, are we going to do this first? Like, we got to see. Oh, it's spinning already. Okay, okay. Yeah. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to restart now. I'll tell you everything again. But this yes, is yes, yes. funny. Okay. Right. So it's spinning at the moment. So yeah, you got to pull the guys in as well. It's like the yellow monkeys there. It's like really. The cool. yellow monkeys, that's yeah. what we want. <laughs> no, you need the green ones. That's the green monkeys, that's what we want. Good one. And the blue one is a good one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> this is amazing. This no, is bringing some, bringing some fuel to the table right now, so we can last the full hour, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're not gonna, it's we're not gonna. Like, um, this is like you again. have to spend some time warming up the machine before you start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what was the, what was the charity called? Women, women in Malta. Uh, women for women in Malta. Women for women in mm -hmm. Malta. So it's looking good at the moment for the charity. It's, it's, it's a good start. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a massive win, is it? Like, but uh, no, but it's all right. All right. But how much did we win, Martin? Can you see? It's That's 10 it. euros, it comes two cents or something like that. That's good. Okay, All right, we topped up a bit to the base balance. Now, but keep it going, right? Okay, good. <laughs> How much do we have now, Martin? 146, so you're close to euro. Okay. 146, okay, we're at 146 euro. Okay, so, so uh, but, yeah, good start to the podcast, in other words. Yeah. But we, we, uh, we entered this right in the middle of a point that you, that you were discussing. I know, um, I was just coming to my point. There was yeah, yeah, the digital transformation. Uh, in, in very short, it's talking about operation, operational processes that are being streamlined. And, uh, yeah. and when you apply that to, to, to iGaming in particular, it's a lot like the, the, thing, the thing that is closest to mind is obviously automation. But mm. it's everything around processes, okay? So you can look at your organization and you can say like, all right, you know, I'm employing a lot of people to do stuff, but are you, are you looking into whether 
you know the, the the work process is efficient and and more more importantly are you are you innovating are you moving somewhere are you improving what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis or are you fighting the clock and you know we're jumping straight into kind of the in-depth here now but one of the operational processes that we have focused on is obviously the crm aspect of your business in how you communicate and engage with your players and here here has been like an explosion over so many years so you kind of have the start of it where capabilities it was all capabilities 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 you didn't have you started sending emails and then you wanted to start sending sms's and then you wanted to send push notifications and then you wanted to add new type of bonuses and then you knew and you were just growing this backlog of different things that you could do on your brand but i don't think at the time too many people were too worried about okay but what does this actually mean from you know business management perspective so you know you you're sending an email with one platform potentially and you're sending an sms with another platform and you're having and, and suddenly you've created this like massive um mountain of operational work that has to be done in order to just do basic campaigns and at the same time the operators have like been very uh, good at coming up with creative new promotions and stuff that they want to run and yet again you're adding kind of maybe variations in uh, in in what type of promotions and then on top of that you add segmentations you want to treat your players in a more personal way so suddenly it becomes like a simple equation it's like you have work times work times work times work and then it's just like piles of resources that you need to that you need to fill and what has been forgotten in that is like or forgotten at least not like managed properly i think it's a huge operational debt uh, that we that, that the operators have today is like looking at the process okay how are all of these different systems communicating with each other how are am i setting up like how does it actually work to set up a campaign end to end how do i look at the data that is coming in from one system in relation to the other system and and how do you how do you use these things and uh, all the way to like rewards, which is maybe a little bit more close to heart, which is something that you usually develop internally, which is a bonus platform and stuff like that. How, how am I managing crediting bonuses and, and how is all of that working? And that was just the beginning because, you know, even if you had no regulation whatsoever, because I mean, the business was quite different a couple of years ago. We, we, we underwent like it was kind of 2017, I think was, or let's say 2018 was quite a defining year, I think for, for, for at least for Europe as a landscape. Because you had a lot of stuff going on in UKGC, you had to bring like everything was starting towards um, what was happening in Sweden, you had Denmark, you had like loads of regulated markets. And they are suddenly going to tell you as well now, ah, you know, you're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z. You need to be, you, you actually need to be responsible and take, be accountable as an operator in terms of who are you promoting your offers to, what's the structure of your offers, and how does that work? So all of that equation of everything that you were doing, suddenly you had another mathematical kind of times mm -hmm. you know x in work and it gets yeah. like it's not sustainable yeah exactly so so i mean it's it sounds a little bit like like, like you're saying adding all these layers on top of each other um operationally uh, it it creates uh, uh, just uh, far too complex uh, processes and um maybe you're using too many systems that aren't communicating with each other so to say is that a fair way to say and then and then on top of that like it's important to remember that even when you work with one channel okay so back in the days when you did very simple promotion simple segmentations already then the the platforms that you were working with were not very user friendly so like mm. it was already quite a time intensive kind of process in order mm. to get something over to the to the customer and we right now we're still talking about maintaining something that was like yeah. how we worked yesterday right how do we do yeah. stuff yesterday and how do we do that in a more efficient way like yeah. Yeah. Now, now we need to start talking about okay i also have this expectation of moving my business to the future right which is that yeah. we're supposed to be more personal and we're supposed to be uh, much more tailored in our experience and create like uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, creates another dimension to it now as well. Yeah, and and this is uh, a little bit what I want to come into because something I heard you say in a in a talk recently um, that I think not only for gaming but it resonates. It should resonate with uh, most industries in in general. Is that you had your point that where you said the uh, kind of like consistent optimization mm. should be the priority rather than the, this mindset of getting the individual tasks done or getting the job done i think that's what you uh, what you said like that is kind of the mindset that uh, most organizations or even like pretty much all organizations are stuck in um and uh, your mindset is much more focused on this consistent optimization 
of the of the workflow. No, but because, it, like yeah, because like you're saying, the you're constantly adding things to the processes, and you know you want to bring brands live quicker. You know you you want to optimize payments. Then you have the curveball of the regulation and and all of these things. Uh, but but the mindset is still on a task to task basis. Can you talk like what do you no, mean it, more about? No, it, about it, this? it's uh, I'll try to repackage what you said because it's it's yeah. I'm I'm hundred percent behind that. It's like when you're improving something and this is why i have oh no sorry oh there was not a bonus one sorry <laughs> I, I interrupted i got excited <laughs> oh my god i missed it i was thinking so i didn't even see the screen <laughs> no, but the um uh the, the, you're, you're right on the point here it's like if you keep my i, I think my the most easy way to to resonate with like what you're talking about is that if you remember working when you worked in uh, Batson or similar companies in the past and you're running a campaign calendar, okay, like everyone has, you know, a, a CRM agenda or a calendar, which is like, okay, what is everyone going to receive at certain times during the week and payday and whatnot? I think most operators in the past and, and you know, still few of them still do is a little bit stuck in that mentality of planning month by month. And they they, they, they want to re-innovate re every time. They want to come up with a new campaign calendar for the next month because it's more exciting to talk about new events and stuff like that. I think it's an easy way to kind of resonate with, right? However, if you're going to ever understand what works and what doesn't work in, in what you're doing, you need to be consistent. And you need to kind of switch one plug at a time and see what happens, right? So. What we are encouraging, um, you know, when, when we're working with our clients and, and our partners is that you, you, have to, you have to put a foundation in place and, and we always guide to, to do that with automation. But you put that foundation in place and then you will have to see like and, and, and do performance insights on pretty much every individual activity that you're running to each segment. And then you need to see, okay, this one is underperforming. I'm going to switch that one out for something else as an alternative. And then you have to see you know, if, if that is performing better to what you did previously. That's like a scientific evolution, yeah? Mm. If you keep re-innovating and keep just doing new type of campaigns and being super like, okay, that, that the price is to, to come up with the most complex promotion every time, you're never gonna learn anything. You're never gonna take your business to the next level. You've gotta have like, you know, this, you have to take it in, like have that consistent, yeah, evolution, exactly like you said. And I think that's maybe the, 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 the aspect that is most people would resonate most with. I think mm -hmm. it's like it's a bit scary to suddenly say no, but we've always been changing our campaigns on a month-to-month -month basis. Like that's how we work, right? We want to have something fresh for the players. Well, um, it's it's you, you can still um, you can still achieve uh, a degree of that in in the type of campaigns you're doing, but you can still swap out games or you can swap out like the experience in other ways. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, 100%. Uh, yeah. and, and that's like, that's not the first thing that you focus on as a brand. I would say, like, I, I, I usually talk about like a five step process in, in, in okay. kind of how, how I approach it just to get sanity into, into how to prioritize. But it's still one of the first things that you would focus on. Yeah, yeah. So, so this uh, five-step process uh, that that you mentioned, can you can you talk a little bit? Uh, what, what does that uh, mean? And uh, like in principle, how uh, like what would be an uh, approach a, a typical process uh, operationally that isn't efficient in uh, for a, a typical operator? And how do they solve it, for example? Well, th there's two aspects to it. I mean, um, when we're looking at how to, uh, how to, how to healthy, like be, be, be innovative and, and consistently up your game, there, there, there is an aspect of that, which means that first, the first thing, at least this is what I advocate, is the first thing that needs to happen is that you need to review your entire process and see what it looks like, right? So that you understand all of the pain points that you're traveling through as an operational team. Mm. Once you've highlighted that, you need to resolve those. You just need mm -hmm. to get rid of it, right? You need to you need to identify what can be what can be more lean in that organization, mm -hmm. and then you need to when you've done that and you freed up time so that you have some time over, is mm -hmm. the next thing that you need to do, which is step number two, is automation. So you need to start automating what you have done manually in the past, and you need mm -hmm. to start getting that kind of going. So whatever you think is working at the moment, use that as a foundation for automation. That's kind of when you reach that step. That's when you can start. That's when the foundation comes into play. So in step two, you kind of come to a foundation. That's when you go to step three, and that's the scientific evolution. Mm. You start looking at these individual automated activities or life cycles, and you look at what works and what doesn't work. Mm. And then you keep switching one by one. So you're having like a completely different dynamic in your team. You're sitting as a CRM team, you're looking at data, and you're saying, all right, you know, last, you know, our reactivation numbers are not that strong last month. Like what happened, you know? 
okay, let's see if we can come up with some more more creative solutions in terms of dealing with our reactivation, maybe changing a segmentation model or, or trying a different type of campaign or, or, or doing something like that. And then you try something new, you create a version of that, and then you see like, okay, is that outperforming what we did in the past? And this is like mm -hmm. leading you to, to that, uh, you're consistently going to evolve your offering, which is, mm -hmm. uh, which is really good. And then the next things are obviously going into the fun parts, which I think, if you haven't if you haven't got the basics right, I, I don't think you should like. It's not necessarily the first focus you have, but machine learning, right? That's that's ultimately it's going to take that leap, the next leap, mm -hmm. um, where you can be much much more smart in the decision making process, mm -hmm. and you don't need to rely at machine learning is making all the decision, replacing the the creative process in the team or or your your knowledge in the team. It's more you use machine learning to support your decisions and say like, okay, can we? Can we use machine learning to to then make um, to do better segmentation or or provide a better offer, for example? Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, machine learning is something I'd like to get into uh, to as a bit of an AI uh, enthusiast. But uh, first, uh, before that, I want to ask you as well. So, um, generally, like uh, when you categorize people in general, you, you have some people who are very creative. It's mm -hmm. like a scale, right? Some people are more creative, and some people are very orderly. So it's it's like uh, you're either or on this uh, table scale, and what we are talking about now is a, a very like orderly way of uh, creating processes in an in an organization to constantly optimize. But um, would you say that there's a danger in focus so much on processes that uh, uh, the creative parts can take damage? No, I think it's oh. honestly. I, I, this is really fun that you bring this up because okay. when it comes to the creative process, this is what you want to make time for. Right, the process yeah. and automation and everything that you're doing is to free up time to be more creative. I mean, that's the whole aspect because the, this is actually the thing that the, we are not so good at when it comes to machine learning yet is being creative. So yeah. it's much more, it's much better. Like when we're developing products right now, we're doing we're doing exactly that. We're looking at like kind of creating efficiency and then creating automation. We free up time so that the team can focus specifically on being creative. Like that's yeah. that's what you need. Your future CRM team is going to be, you know, you're going to have a chunk of really creative people who's going to come up with different suggested stuff. There is no boundaries to what you can do. Mm. You will then feed this into an engine, which is picking and trying different options to players, right? So what I usually say is that you need to separate the execution and the distribution process, mm. okay? So the distribution process needs to be automated. So you're not involved in that. I, I want to bring that into to the. It's actually a really important thing when we're talking about yeah. it. But when when we look at when we're looking at campaign execution and stuff like that, um, and uh, and CRM in general, there is like this aspect of the fact that you always have a deadline. You know, that's mm -hmm. the biggest problem that you have as a team is that you always have to get certain amount of work done by a certain date, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, your creative mind, your creative window has to fit within the time that you have to promote this offer, right? Would you agree to that? I yeah. mean, then. So what you what you have to do if you really and truly want to be creative and break out of that bubble, you need to separate yourself from the distribution process. So if you can use automation to make sure that when distribution, and when I'm talking about distribution, I mean when things are sent to players, right? So like when is the campaign going out or, or, or these type of aspects. So if you take that aside and you automate that process, then you can focus 110% on like or 100% on being creative. <laughs> And then yeah. whatever product that you develop out of that creative process goes into the distribution process. Mm. And then you can let that automated flow send the campaigns and do and try stuff. And then the only thing you get back is a report that says, well, this didn't work and this worked, yeah. right? We need to come up with more of this stuff because th that's where we're failing right now. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if I if I like simplify this for, for myself and in, in my own life, I have like a similar uh, way of, of looking at it uh, just from a, a live perspective. And that's uh, that's very similar to that. It's, um, I try to be as organized as I can in my life because there's a lot of craziness, obviously, operating a company, trying to have time for training and all these things. But I, I try to optimize everything that I do so that I can um, increase my time to be spontaneous. So yeah. it's the similar thing, right? You want to like package all the things that you have to do in a in a very efficient way, so that you can free up space in your head to then be creative or be spontaneous or, or whatever. I completely agree. Like my my yeah. I, I live by the same notes. I play by the same yeah. because the, the the thing is like I can't just decide that on Monday 
between like three, uh, like eight o'clock in the morning and 12 o'clock at noon, you know, that's when I'm going to mm. come up with the next product for fast track. It's not like I would work, mm. you know, you, you gotta just, you gotta just have enough free time to be able to, you know, use that for, for whatever yeah. creativity, creativity you have. Mm. I, I'm like, I'm, I, I have a big struggle with deadlines in general. I, I don't like it. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> I have a, I obviously have you know partners in this business like it's it's me and chris and, and hans right and um, and chris usually pushes me quite hard that you know we need to do this presentation and whatnot and you know it's like you have an eye gaming next or something and we we are planning towards that you know it's like that what makes me nervous is that i'm not going to find the creativity to, to, to like put down what i'm going to talk about it's not that i don't know what i'm talking about i want to talk about but structuring that in a pack is like that's a creative process right and yeah. then you know that kind of stuff is like I don't function well with that. It's more like I want to prepare the the, the packs and the the the, mm. the innovation and creativity and all that stuff. That that needs to be locked in. Then we can start booking stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm like yeah. kind of reversing that myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why they say like uh, the um, creative people they they uh, start companies like entrepreneurs and then ordinary people they run them because that when you come to a point in your organization when you're big enough, you know the the structure and these processes to come first so to say because that then uh, gives you the opportunity to to continue to uh, to be creative i i i, I, I would uh, argue though like if you if yeah. look at my organization in particular i have i have yeah. several of of entrepreneurs inside uh, yeah. inside the organization who are who are so clearly like um and they have the mandate as well with fast track mm. in order to say like okay um you know we they just have this ambition like they have great ideas and they got stuff going on, but they are still quite orderly as well. They, they, they yeah. still have structure, you know, I yeah. like, and I yeah. really appreciate structure. I'm a really structured person myself. I, I'd really yeah. like to be organized, but um, yeah, to a degree, I would, I would challenge you on that part, but it's... Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not in any case. And, and uh, it, it's not black and white either, right? Like you, you can have both parts where you, uh, where you can be both uh, orderly uh, and the uh, creative as well, like you're somewhere down the middle. That's usually, I usually ask that in the work interviews. Like, do you, how do you see yourself? Like, uh, more creative or more orderly? Because some roles they fit more orderly people, and some roles fit yeah. uh, uh, creative people. But like, um, in in the uh, like, as you grow your organization and as mm -hmm. you try to scale your organization, um, uh, implementing these processes becomes much more important, but also much more difficult I would imagine um, in the sense that whenever there's a new process you have a bigger and bigger team that needs to understand and adapt themselves to this process like um yeah how uh, like what are the challenges there as you grow and uh, st uh, these processes become more and more complex so say or or uh, more and more important to to scale continue to scale your business no but this is this is something that i've been uh, i i think like it gave me so much like working with uh, some of the larger operators at the time you know kind of bets on and, and you know betfair back in the day mm. and so on you I, I learned and picked up so many tricks and stuff when it comes to organization and challenges in organizations the, mm. one of the first things that comes to mind when we're talking about this is that um, you gotta, you gotta let, you know, you can't, you can't just confuse everyone and, and throw out a curveball like from the middle of nowhere and say that, oh, we're gonna look at new processes and stuff, so that everyone is just looking at like, oh, okay, well, what's the process now then? Like, and then suddenly like feeling uncomfortable within their own environment because maybe if you have a work process, I don't know if we, what we should take as an, let, let's say that you have a process around how you run operations, like as, as, as an example, right? And then suddenly you want to reinvent that and you want to come up with a new suggested process. I think it's very important that you have taken, very consciously taken the people who's going to be involved in that, in that kind of project in, in defining what the new process is going to look like, that they go into a different room and they're not confusing what they're doing right now. And when they go into that room, they are creative and they come up with like, and looking at all the different aspects. When they step out of that room, they go into the old process again until the process has been signed off and that mm. you're ready to implement it. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you have half your team is then wondering, Oh, but you discussed on a meeting that we were going to do this now or do that or do this. It's like, well, maybe it has not been solidified yet. Maybe it had not been like thought through yet. You know, sometimes you just have to have that. You have to complete that process before you implement a new process. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I have, when you look at fast track, for example, um, we, one thing that is like continuously being, being improved as a process is our development process. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at how we act as developers, how we workshop requirements, how we do implementation, how we do code review, how do we do security development, like in security checks, how the integration testing is working, how do we sign off? How do we get platform releases into production? Like 
this is not something you grow over a day. Like you start on being a quite small company. And when you're a small company, you're working with your process on a day-to-day -day basis because you might have two, three people who are consistently exactly. next to each other and working, yeah. right? In, in our case right now, when you're talking about like 15, 20 people in a tech team, then, you know, we are consistently moving that forward, but we have, we have essentially a team that is working uh, that it's mostly our tech teams, or if it's someone that has highlighted a problem, that person would lead that transformation. So mm. as soon as we have a problem, if we have an incident that we haven't tackled in the past, or if we have, um, yeah, something happening, or, or even or an employee saying that this process is inefficient, then we create a workforce that is then focusing on resolving that solution and, and, and that problem. And when they have a solution to that, then it's presented to the whole team and implemented. So. Mm. It's like all of those different aspects have been thought about. What what's going to happen when I implement this process? How does it change people's reality? Blah blah blah. All of that mm -hmm. needs to be done so that we can go with certainty and we can say like, no, this is going to work. Trust us. Like, let's let's move with this. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, in I I I love that kind of aspect because that's what 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 improves you, right? Are we in the bonus again? I'm we right. are in the bonus. This is sick. we're in the bonus. Come on. Shit. Let's see, let's see our, our tech. Uh, We're on 138 euros. If you can have a. Big... 138. Come on. All okay, right. Let's see how it goes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we need a red in the middle. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm out of sync in terms of my. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm out. Uh, it's hard to build on. Hard to build on. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. We aren't, we aren't doing super well so far, I think. I can't see that. Uh, can you see how much we have won so far? This 138 war. euros and this is not the best bonus round in the world not i, the I, I say that after this one we should we should change game yeah we, we should our our, our tech uh, our lovely tech versus martin is on the toilet at the moment so we yeah. have to wait a little bit <laughs> uh, and that means that we have to uh, so i'm going to disappear for one second here to continue the click there, there we go. There we go. Okay, we're back into the into the normal spin. So in a, in a couple of minutes, we'll try. Okay, here we go. Martin is back. So um, which uh, game shall we? Uh, no, shall I want to go. I stick to the nostalgic line because nostalgic. it's like, really fun. You know, you and I yes. talking, and then uh, so we should we should play Jack and the Beanstalk, like uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in on that then today. Okay, so um, so Martin, uh, uh, search for Jack and the Beanstalk, please. And uh, we'll start the second round. And how much money do we have, uh, Martin? We're like plus minus zero almost, right? Mm. What, what did you say, Martin? 141 and 50. 141 and 50 for women for women. That's the uh, come on now. Now, now it's Jack and Beanstalk uh, going here, round two. Uh, okay, so Martin, let's make sure that we don't uh, bet too high <laughs> here again because we don't want to lose. Exactly. Uh, uh, Okay, yeah, this is fine. Spin. We had absolute nostalgic trip today. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Simon. I, I love this actually. It's like you can't forget the old games, you know. They're like, uh, no. and this is this is just to tell you a little bit about this game. So yes, now now it's all about warming up the slot, right? So we want to see we want to see a lot of chests very early on. If we're getting like if we're going 10, 15 spins without any chests showing on the screen, we might as well swap game because it's not going to give. Okay. Anything. Yeah. So, um, but apart <laughs> from that, it's pretty much a guaranteed win. <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, yeah. So uh, we know what we're doing here in this uh, charity in this charity settlement. We're we guaranteeing more or less guaranteeing that uh, that we'll have some nice profits today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's that's how they work. I remember back in the day we used to put uh, we used to have like um, gatherings at home. Like before we before we went out, we used to put on on the TV screen. We we used to put uh, uh, a slot machine like uh, Gonzo's Quest, and then it would be playing during the during the scattering of people. And whenever we were supposed to go out, then uh, we gathered the money that we had left, and that's what yeah. we would use for drinks. Yeah, exactly. like that. So, <laughs> yeah nostalgic. <laughs> um, brilliant. Uh, yeah. So Simon, um, just moving uh, forward. So so. Um, uh, we talk a lot about like continuous uh, optimization and, and these things, and and that leads into the uh, to the topic of AI mm -hmm. uh, in general, which is obviously um, it seems almost like the uh, the end game is kind of to automate as much processes as you possibly can, right? Mm -hmm. Like that uh, that seems like a, um, uh, a pretty reasonable thing to do. Like things that shouldn't be done by a human that can be done by a machine equally or much better uh, and much faster. First of all, should definitely. Uh, it's definitely a goal um, uh, for an organization. So can you talk a little bit first? Because um, AI at the moment is very hyped. You know, mm -hmm. everyone, all organizations wants to talk about AI and, and how they work with AI and so forth. But um, not always uh, this hype um, uh, lives up. 
to the to the point where it, where it should uh, specifically like uh, uh, when we talk about like uh, self-driving cars and stuff like that, which uh, you know Elon Musk promotes is like a couple of years away, a couple of years away, a couple of years away. But um, the features are actually very rudimentary still at this stage, and the actual leading AI scientists are saying that uh, a, a, a real self-driving car might be like. 30 years away you know not like two years away as we're yeah. getting the impression of sometimes yeah okay um and similarly similarly in gaming um you you hear the word machine learning which is a um an arm of ai uh get thrown around a lot and we've seen some practical implications particularly in like the supports um uh, support the errands that are being taken over by mm. uh, machine lear uh, learning algorithms and so forth um but uh, can you talk a little bit of uh, what are some of the practical implications right now in gaming specifically on an operational level but um in other areas as well if you if you have examples and then uh, secondly uh, where are we heading with machine learning and ai within gaming what is the future Okay, 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 okay. Quite a quite big a topic, but 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 it's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. Like first of all, what you said in the beginning, I'm I'm also very passionate about machine learning um, and uh, and what it can what, what we can do with it, right? And and mm -hmm. I love the fact that the community is is really passionate about it as well because that opens up like really cool discussions. So number one, in terms of what do you call it, like aspiration, creativity, in terms of coming up with ideas on what you can do with machine learning, I think the community is super good. Like the industry is super good at coming up with ideas. I think there is like uh, so much going on on that front. However, the biggest obstacle has been, again, like when you create a capability that is completely, like machine learning is like more important than ever, is that you have all of your ducks in a row when it comes to data, right? Because if you have, um, let's say that we want to apply machine learning towards the customer and um, we want to use that in some form of uh, segmentation or, or in terms of something like that in order to make better decisions. I mean, the access for that as a channel as a, or, or as a product in order to have access to all of that data is key. And then also whatever it outputs, it's key that it's ordered whatever recommendations it's passing or whatever outcome it's reaching, that it's passed back to the system that you're working with, right? So that's that's the same issue again, right? If you haven't if you haven't got the infrastructure uh, and and working inside an ecosystem which allows you to enable machine learning as a channel, you will probably it would probably be very difficult to do, and you will probably lose interest in it because it becomes very very tough. And the first thing that needs to be done is the central orchestration. So if you can, it depends obviously what you're looking at, and that's why these single channels becomes you know the first thing that they tackle chats. Okay, the chat engine, live chat engine and bots around like talking and stuff like that. It's very easy and manageable and that's why people approach it. They say that, okay, my application over here, who's gonna be a bot, you know, has access to all of the conversations that has happened with customers, good. Then I can innovate within that frame, right? But the actual stuff, when it becomes juicy, when it becomes like really cool with machine learning is when it's more borderless. When, it's, when you can move across these different borders and say, all right, what is the next best action you know, to, uh, to uh, promote to a player, for example? What would be the best next thing to do towards this player? Um, that's an interesting one, for example, so that you can, you can shift campaigns or you can uh, stay relevant by saying that this player is, is, uh, would, would adhere to, to this type of offer more than this one, for example. And when you're looking at segmentation models, it's also something that is like, you can look at, if you have all of that data in one place, you can look at, okay, what is the future predicted behavior supposed to be like in terms of maybe very early life, you will be able to identify that it has the traits of a, of a more like maybe valuable customer for you as a brand, um, or that they have certain interests so that you can promote like the relevant sport in a sports book, or you can promote like the relevant type of games in a casino or whatever it might be to drive that entertain entertainment bar up. But I mean, we have been very passionate in Fast Track is about resolving this. It's, it's this like capability aspect so that, so that you reach, you can use machine learning you can develop models and then you can action them. So that we create like, so we are doing a brand new product right now, which is called FTML, which we uh, are just in the brink of launching. And it's like a super, super cool like initiative, which is essentially creating <laughs> more, more or less like a plug and play product in order to accept, uh, like access machine learning. It's like something very 
for many complicated being broken down into something very basic for people to understand mm. i don't know i was going in and out a little bit of different buckets there but um no it makes sense uh, but um I, i'd like to hear a little bit so um so this makes sense what what you're saying uh, where are we now in this process uh, like um in, in, at what part in in this process are most operators at the moment uh being able to uh, collect and analyze this data or is this more kind of like you, you see this as the next chapter no but i mean we, we, we it's a little bit i i think so you, you have the the absolute vast majority of operators they are not doing uh, they are doing nothing or close to nothing in this space at the moment we just got the bonus by the way um <laughs> and uh, i saw so many chests in the beginning so i was like <laughs> so it's so coming at a time it had to, had to come yeah. okay let's see yeah. now so martin we, we gotta, we gotta in the real before we before we carry on here now yeah, so, yeah. so now it's about collecting keys right keys we um, want okay keys on the last uh, on the last reel and okay. uh, it seems to be going great. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, oh, there we go. That's the key. There yeah. we got one. So those and, are. Uh, so the keys are. Yeah, the keys doing? unlock new kind of wild symbols. Uh huh. Okay. And okay. Wild is kind of beanstalk, so we get respins for free, right? Okay, we get new respins yeah. and an extra features as well. No, exactly. So I mean, yeah. uh, but we aren't winning anything. <laughs> no, I mean it's like that's a good thing, right? Because now we have like two another three sprints. Okay. Without, without yeah, yeah. so we have four free spins left. We gotta, we gotta get more keys. We're not gonna four. go anywhere without keys. Okay, one key. See, now four, we're on another, another wild symbol. Great. So okay, okay. Uh, so we have still four, four free spins. No. So now we need a wild. Like, we need about three free spins. There we go. So you see, now we get the double wild. Okay, okay. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay, three free, free spins still. Okay, that's you would have been like epic if we could actually hit like a really big. Win. Yeah, I know this. Uh, I mean, women for women. I mean, this is the okay. So one free spin left. Okay, now we got okay, now spins. Yeah, so now yeah, still anything, one. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, uh, let's see. So we still have. Okay, okay. Now we now it's ticking up. Now we have a good win here. Three hundred forty-seven <laughs> points. <laughs> oh, we got another key as well. Yeah, but we need two more because it's like three. They are in three. Oh. Okay, so, okay. Um, yeah. I, okay, last one. Yeah, no. Unfortunately. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, 377 uh, coins we got. Plus. You know what? We're plus. So, we should be happy. We're, right? we're, we're plus. How, how much do we have, Martin, now right now? 150 euro. We are plus five euro so far in the podcast. Okay. So we are heading towards heading towards the very end there as yeah, well. So I'm 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 happy. It's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had this. This is great. We are plus five. Uh, women for women. We are we are having a good day so far here in the podcast. Uh, having fun, good conversation, and enjoying <laughs> the uh, the slots at the same time. We have, I mean, it's, it can't get much better than that, can it? And now, so, and now we're talking about machine learning, so that's fun, right? Exactly. Back to machine learning. So continue okay, on, your, on your point. Yes. No, but we, we were talking about like how uh, how far has the operators come in the market, right? And, and how advanced are they? And I would say, again, I'm coming back to it. Like the, the vast majority is not doing that much. Uh, many of them are exploring it, but there is still like kind of a. I, I think if you're looking into the bigger operators, like the, the the larger ones, you have two. You have two aspects. You have the large ones, and then you have kind of new starting ones that are proficient already from the start because they have these people who know this. Uh, if you're looking at the kind of the tier one operators, tier one and tier twos, they typically have internal data scientist teams today that are working and applying machine learning in one uh, or multiple aspects, which is good. Um, so, so they have started that process. And I can tell you like their biggest issue right now is that um, they are developing great things, but it's very difficult for them to, to get it into, uh, make it actionable. Okay, so you develop this insight and you have it available but then making it actionable and making it accessible for the teams to actually do something with it. That's, that's, that's a bit more tricky, uh, so mm -hmm. to say. Um, but it, I, I would say it's definitely, my view is that the, the larger operators have, um, have most of them or all of them, I would say, uh, in one capacity or another, have the resource internally that are looking at this. And mm -hmm. uh, some of them have uh, developed some basic models. It's, People tend to start with churn prevention models and, and stuff like that in order to see like activity levels and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. Or or in the very early days, it was very hyped to do game recommendations. I, I think that's kind of been paused more or less. Like that's that's not yeah. so so key right, right now. But we are working with a lot of partners right now um, that um, that are working with Fast Track, and they've come quite a long way. 
so they, they both have machine learning in terms of determining uh, the segmentation in terms of future prediction of the behavior of the players, um, churn prediction, and also the next best action type of type of stuff. So there is definitely movement on it, but mm. generally there is not that many that is that is approaching it. And that's that's why I think like this is what we can add as value to the community, right? It's like fast track is going to develop a product that is going to make that accessible and make it actionable for for all the teams. So it's going to come like kind of in two splits. That's how we look at it. We're creating the optimal environment for a data scientist, like the Photoshop for a designer, okay, or the old mm. like a sketch today, yes, like a sketch for a designer. We're creating mm. that for the data scientist so that they can yeah. have an environment which is super cool to develop machine learning models and deploy them. So it's it's both kind of doing that design and it's also doing the kind of the build and the and and the uh, distribution. Now and then we also have an aspect of the platform, which is that everything that we have learned as fast track, we're going to give for free. Mm -hmm. So whatever models that we have identified and built using this platform is going to be like a plug and play. So you can actually go through it. You can be any sort of casino manager or CRM manager or, or responsible gaming person even. You can go in and enable these type of models and start mm -hmm. running them on your own brand. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have both those aspects into it. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, and uh, I guess this is the uh, this is the power of using kind of a platform like FastTrack. It's the it's the fact that uh, you know to to build and implement these type of um, this type of function as a as an operator, you need to have people. You need to have like a machine learning team almost that is in the forefront of understanding uh, machine learning, and you, you you need to have all these various teams to understand uh, and how to develop uh, the right functions and uh, and, mm. and to stay ahead. Um, but that, that leads into the question. And so, um, like larger organizations, like the, the massive ones, like the Bit 365s, uh, you know, the the, the Ladbrokes, uh, the the Flutters, and, and and all of these, like they they traditionally build their own platform, obviously mm -hmm. in, internally. Uh, but um, at the same time, it doesn't mean that they build everything internally. Like they would still use, you know, uh, like uh, Slack, for example, or as a, as a communications tool within the organization and so forth. Uh, how do you see the future uh, in general? Like, is it is it sustainable for these organizations to continue to build their own platforms, or will they come to a point because th that isn't what they are specialized on as an organization that they will continue to lag behind? Uh, uh, other organizations that use, for example, fast track. No, I, 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 for me, it's for mm. me, it's very clear. I mean, I understand that there is a certain. Uh, this is definitely something that would be considered as an aspect when you when you're looking at these type of platforms mm. in 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 the market. But you you got to remember that that in order to actually achieve anything within you know both the stuff that we're doing in in real time data consolidation or the stuff that we're doing in CRM or the stuff that we're going to look at in machine learning. The, the vast majority about it is to set up infrastructure for an organization to be able to tackle a certain problem, okay? The actual secret source that you want to develop as an operator, that comes to what you do with the platform, right? Mm. So for me, it's like really clear cut. There is absolutely no advantage to try to reinvent the wheel when it's available in front of you. What you should do is like essentially um, make sure that you you use that to, to the greatest potential. and. I mean, there is platforms has. I, I think like we're coming to a stage right now. There's not been an alternative in the market for an operator to look at these things. Okay, so that's that's therefore when you've been serious about running in this direction and and, and machine learning and all of those aspects, you built your internal stuff mm. because there has not been an, anything in the market that would be able to offer anything towards the gaming community that works. But then when it is something, when that's available, you would, you would take a hard good look and say like, okay, am I actually getting so much more value from building this internally than I am licensing this externally, right? Mm. And most companies today, they would be using, I mean, you don't build your own meeting uh, hardware or, or like uh, Atlassian products for, or, or like you gotta, we gotta promote people to be, experts at what they do, right? So if you have a development team, you want them to spend time developing. You want to give them the best and most op optimal mm. platform for them to be developers and be able to focus on that. If they suddenly become, you know, that administration becomes the the, the, the thing that they're spending 50% of their time on, it's not like going to add more value to you as an organization, right? Mm. The, the same goes for like if you're looking at operational teams or or anything like that, like CRM people. Like we we gotta let them be creative. We need to let them look at you know be creative and come up with creative suggestions on how to solve problems, not admin. 
I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's completely backwards. And when it comes to data science, I can guarantee you right now, that's exactly what it looks like. The data scientists that I speak to, they are very, very few of them are actually data scientists on a more than 50% of their time. They are more kind of sorting out BI issues or yeah. setting up like, you know, servers in order to train stuff or, you know, it's like, we need to, we need to fix that. It's like, uh, that's, that's like a big problem, I would say. So I, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I see absolutely no reason why you would build yeah. this type of capacity internally. And, and I mean, I, even though fast track is first with these things right now, I'm a hundred percent certain there is going to be more alternatives at some point because that's how it works. Right. But, yeah. um, Right now, we just want to continue to innovate and run and run and run and do better things, right? Yeah. I mean, as an observation of the gaming industry in general, I think this is typical a bit for um, an industry that is so young. So, you know, the gaming industry has only been there for, you know, top 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, and in any young industry, um, it takes time to find itself, you know, and to, to mature. And as the industry matures, then you, you see much more processes being... Uh, being implemented and um, rather than having to figure everything out from scratch as, as you works would say and i mean look at the uh, automobile industry as an example the industry that's been there for uh, you know 120 years and everything is about efficiency within yeah, that in industry you know when you when you buy a toyota as i have uh, uh you know the steering wheel of this toyota is not made by toyota no you know, and there's a, there's a reason for that right because yeah, yeah. they're Pick what you're going to be good at. Yeah. What, what are you going to focus on, right? Exactly. And the, so, so the the uh, the pointer is like, you know, as an organization, as Toyota, they have an they have an alternative. They have two alternatives, which is either they create the steering wheel themselves, mm. and they and they produce it themselves, or uh, they use a supplier who have figured out this way how to make the steering wheel cheaper than they can, and to be able to distribute it to the cars cheaper than Toyota can. Exactly. And that obviously it takes away a layer of of um, of uh, uh you know as they have to they don't have to have as big teams for example they can just order these uh, steering wheels they don't have to worry too much other than them being delivered on time and that the cost uh, goes down for example so as time goes on you know th that industry have found more and more and more and more ways how to become more efficient and suppliers around the industry are figuring out more and more and more ways how they can improve um the the uh, um uh, the product for the uh for the company that then sells the cars and similarly in the agme industry i mean mm. we've been in the industry for a long time simon and and um, back in the day you know in the 2010s in the beginning um you know the the operators did a lot internally um uh, uh, yeah yeah almost everything there was, internally there was no alternative at then at that point right exactly because there weren't there weren't any alternatives right and and uh, uh, as time goes on now we see more and more suppliers like, like fast track popping up and being able to offer better and better solutions i mean the, the, i i spoke another day to another company called regily who have figured out just the optimal way how to create yeah, yeah, a registration exactly. process for example um, you know, whereas that would be something, the registration flow is something that the operators have always done internally before. Now they potentially don't have to think about that anymore. And similarly, you as Fatrack, the only thing you have to think about is, is how to optimize your CRM tool to make it the absolute best it can be. And you don't have to think about 20 other things in your organization at the same time. And that's why these type of tools are obviously uh the the future because uh, uh because you have that capacity to just optimize the one tool that you are working on basically no exactly mm. um and then and, and you're absolutely right and and there is yeah. so much been popping up and like I, I think it started maybe a little bit before 2010 because i remember when i worked at betfair there was like a couple of mm. platforms that already then started aggregating content like that was like the big thing right is you need more casino games and instead of yeah. integrating every single casino supplier you know, kind of in, in terms of producing games, like we have created an ecosystem right now where the, where a three person development team uh, that, that is like a startup is able to reach out with a game. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's really good. And they can develop one game and that one game can make it into uh, any of the operators through the aggregators, right? Which is great. I mean, that's, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. And they, they similarly, like we, what, what we are doing or similar platforms like, we build an environment where we plug in other platforms on top of fast track right mm -hmm. and and you have like quite recently for example gamification and these things that people are like blue ribbon for example developed like a really good gamification tool where you can do um, jackpots on your site which are mm -hmm. built by the operator 
and uh, stuff like that becomes more accessible, right? Mm. And uh, th there's no reason for you to build everything from scratch. But back then, there was no option. Yeah. There was not, nothing available um, in order to solve that problem. Yeah, yeah, so it's cool to see kind of the evolution here that uh, more and more suppliers are, are coming in and taking a problem and just uh, doing it 10 times better than the, the operator would do it uh, in-house. Interactive is another great example of that with player retention. And we, we, I remember when we worked at Betson and, and um, player retention was done in-house. And then I remember actually Interactive coming in and taking taking oh, over yeah, for, for feeling, yeah. And, Interactive. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, the, the player, the, um, the reactivation uh, was uh, 10 times better just uh, by plugging in this uh, organization. And it, it, again, like you see this evolution happening from um, uh, one like one problem to another. And once you have solved something, you, you'll never go back to doing it in-house. In you know? Interactive is a great example of that, right? You have, mm. um, they're running an organization that is absolute specialists at, at yeah. running you know, outbound, right? And mm -hmm. and they have grown to be the best at it. And that's why they're growing as a business. They're domain experts, they're niched, they have a platform that is suitable for that stuff. Mm. I mean, it doesn't make sense for an operator in the iGaming industry to like be specialists in outbound calling. That's not core, you know? <laughs> like, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't it's, it's, it's obviously you want to maintain relationships with your customers and you can use these means to do that. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many examples. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, so, so uh, to start wrapping things up uh, today, before we, we, we stop the, the, uh, the slot machine that we have spinning here, uh, by the way, how much money do we have now? Now we're down a bit, right? Uh, uh, what was it 130? 138.75 we have now. 130, okay, okay. We give it, uh, we give it a minute or two here. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the, the last question for you today, Simon, is, um, you know, where is all of this? Heading. What is kind of the end uh, goal for the, especially from a consumer point of view? No, but we're gonna we, we're gonna end up in a place. I, th I think this the aspiration is not too far along right now. Mm -hmm. it, I think every player, the ultimate goal is like you know when you're selling entertainment, it is it is to tailor that completely towards that experience of every single individual, right? So, you, you know, it needs to be so personal, and that's that's where we're gonna end up. It's going to be a place where it's 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 incredibly personal experience, and I mean it, it's all about like for operators right now it's 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 a tough space, and um, you know share a wallet is what it's all about. It's share of time and share a wallet, just like you're competing with everything else in entertainment, right? And it's it's about staying relevant. So it's going to be the organizations are gonna are gonna find ways to to develop their. Uh, their central platforms and their their ways of working in, in creating an incredibly personal experience. I think that's where it's heading. Mm -hmm. A unique experience to each player, basically. It's not it's yeah. not it's not like missing any content. So we, we have no. enough content. So this, it's about it's about taking that content and then making it yeah, more exciting, more fun. Yeah, that sounds uh, like a good plan. Shall we do another? Let's say six spins before we uh, before we finish this today. Yeah. So let's see. Okay, we have. Okay, one. let's see. One, and. Um, so they, they oh, yes, yes. How cool would that be? No, oh, no. Okay, <laughs> almost. Okay, it's been three, <laughs> nothing. It's been four, nothing. It's been five, nothing. Okay, last one. Come on, chest. <laughs> Come on, chest. Oh, we got two of them. Okay, you can stop it now, Martin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so how much did we finish at? I don't know. If you stop me. <laughs> 134 euro to women for women in Malta. Uh, courtesy of uh, Simon Fast Track. Uh, this has been super fun today. Yeah. Really outside yeah. of the box thing to do and uh, really nostalgic. So, uh, really, thank you for this, Simon. Oh, it's really cool. And uh, I must say, like, I'm really impressed with what you guys have managed to do with uh, iGaming Next. I think it's a super initiative. It's been one of the better initiatives I've seen in a long time. So, it's good. Uh, th thank you. Uh, it, it means a lot, uh, Simon. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we, we try our best here and, uh, to create some meaningful conversations. And uh, it's really fun today to do some charity in the meantime and, and including some entertainment too. So, uh, And it, it's super nice to talk to you as well, Simon, about uh, this. It's a, it's a learning experience for myself as well, trying to uh, you know kind of build a little organization here. And we are facing these uh, type of challenges now. So Anytime. thank you so much for today, Simon. Thank you, Pierre. And, uh, thank wish you. you all the best. Hope to see you in person soon. Thank you. You too. This fruitful discussion has been brought to you by our sponsors, Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. 
is your business struggling to keep up with the development demands on your current gaming platform? Well, then it's time to upgrade to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Multi-tenant, multi-currency, multi-regional, API-based, rule engine automated, regulation ready. It's all here out of the box. Smart businesses leverage Pragmatic SaaS model and license powerful modern technology for a fraction of the cost of in-house development. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. Stay safe and take care.